Happy birthday. Today is the birth of the church. In Luke's gospel, he begins with the birthday of Jesus. And in the book of Acts, he begins with the birthday of the church. In both cases, these are family birthdays, birthdays celebrating something new in God's spirit, in God's story with his people. But Pentecost, unlike Christmas, because the world does not recognize the spirit or know the spirit, is a feast unobserved by the world. For instance, when you went shopping yesterday, did anyone ask you, what are you having for your Pentecost dinner? Or how many people asked you, who is coming to your house for your Pentecost dinner? Our church family festival originated as a family festival also of the Jewish people, one of three that they celebrated each year. The significance of Pentecost is that it was a festival of covenant renewal, a time when the nation of Israel gathered before the Lord to affirm their commitment to him and to remember his faithfulness. And Pentecost was a popular festival because it was a good time of year to travel. So we see that on that morning, Jews were present from all over the diaspora, residents from Asia, Mesopotamia, and Europe. Think about how far they had to travel, many by foot. There is an irony that these people who had been dispersed through captivity and the loss of their land still returned to Jerusalem from these far-flung places to celebrate the faithfulness of God. And thus, it was on this morning that God gave to the gathered people the promised spirit. And as they celebrated God's covenant with them, he inaugurated the promised new covenant spoken of in Jeremiah 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. This prophecy is fulfilled on this day of Pentecost that we celebrate, and the Torah is now written on the hearts of God's faithful people through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is a new fire, a fire that is not limited to one place or one mountain as it was when God gave Moses the covenant written on the Ten Commandments. On this day, God's people are given a new identity in Christ. Once it was a bodily circumcision that identified the people of God, and now a new kind of circumcision is revealed, the circumcision of the heart performed by the Holy Spirit in the waters of baptism. And so, what a wonderful day for one of our own, Amy Rice, to be baptized in these waters and to arise as a new person, a new member of the family of God, the church. And such is what happened the morning of Pentecost. Acts vividly describes how the confusion of the disciples speaking in all these different language, languages quickly drew a crowd. A new Peter, a very different Peter than the broken individual who ran away the day of Christ's crucifixion. 
a Peter who has been born again in the power of the Spirit, preaches the first sermon of the new Christian church. Peter repeats the promises that God gave to the prophet Joel, that God would pour out his spirit on all people. Peter proclaims the Lord's mission to forgive sins and our mission to baptize all those so that they can be created by Jesus as new people. 3,000 people repented and were baptized on that day. New followers of Christ who then returned to all those countries they came from to further witness to Jesus. So then what are we celebrating this day? We are celebrating our story, our new identity in Christ, and our inseparable connection to the risen Christ through his Holy Spirit. It is easy to associate the spiritual power today with the kind of power only that was exhibited on the day of Pentecost, ecstatic singing in the spirit, miraculous healings, fiery sermons that brought thousands to their knees. But our, in our gospel and Paul's letter to the Corinthians, point to another kind of power that the spirit gives, the power of relationships of love. In our gospel, Jesus speaks of the interrelationship of love and unity among the persons of the Trinity. Jesus tells his disciples, I am in the Father and he is in me. That the Father who dwells in me does his works through me. And then he turns to his disciples and says, and you will be do, do my works if you love me because you will abide in me and my spirit will dwell in you. We know what it looks like to be transformed in God's love because we see divine love at work in the son's love for his father, a love so deep that he was willing to die in obedience to him for our sake so that the spirit could come and fill us with love for each other. In this way, we become what Beth Felker Jones calls in her book, Practicing Christian Doctrine, beacons of triune love. As we turn to our epistle reading in the Corinthians, we know the background of the passage is that the rapidly growing New Testament church, problems have emerged. The Corinthians, in fact, have made that mistake of emphasizing the spectacular gifts of the spirit. And their services have become chaotic, and the people had become boastful. So in our passage today from chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul insists that there is a need for a diversity of gifts, and that none is greater than the other, that the still small voice of one who speaks wisdom demonstrates the power of the Spirit and is needed as much as miracles of healing. And we are all familiar with Paul's final word on the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, where he stresses that love without gifts are worthless, that without love, excuse me, that without love, the gifts are worthless, and that the greatest gift of the Spirit is indeed love. We are one body, Paul emphasizes, and as such, 
we have a part to play, such as the different parts of a human body do. We are one body because it is in baptism that we are incorporated into the one body of Christ, a body that is unified in Christ's love. Thus, we cannot make the dangerous move of over-personalizing the work of the spirit within the individual for the individual's own growth and well-being, as, as important and as essential that is. We must not forget that the spirit is magnified in the assembly of God's people. Because what was born on Pentecost was a fellowship, the fellowship and sharing of the Spirit. The Spirit who is present in the soul of all those reborn in Christ is a shared Spirit. And that is the meaning of the word koinonia, sharing, fellowship in the Spirit. We are all familiar with Paul's famous benediction, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, the koinonia, which means the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And again, that triune love be with you all. This koinonia of love through the Holy Spirit is what constitutes the distinctive character of the Christian community. And when we come together, there is a powerful potential of spirit sharing. This is not something we can realize except in the embodied presence with each other. It is why when we exchange the peace, we say to each other, and with your spirit. And I want to direct you today to the liturgical note in your bulletins, which speaks of our tradition of daily common prayer and how in the English church, church bells were rung morning and evening to call the people to a communal prayer. In this past year, I have had the opportunity, even if it's been on Zoom, to gather with people in our community and pray together, and to gather in small groups and pray with each other. And I just encourage you to engage in that communal sharing of the spirit in prayer and experience that power of the spirit among us. The more deeply God's spirit dwells within each of us through our practices of prayer, communal and listening prayer, the more his life flows out from us to others. Later in Acts, we see the events of Pentecost retold, more bold preaching, more conversions, and more miraculous manifestations of the spirit's power. But the biggest miracle for me is what is described at the end of Acts 2. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, and here's the important part, and having the goodwill of all people. In the book of Acts, people's lives were changing. And this kind of peace and love and selflessness could only be the result of the Spirit's work among God's covenant people. We too are called to be transformed by the Spirit and then give that transformed life to one another. The power of the Spirit is released when we share the Spirit's love 
with each other. Indeed, our very life is in the fellowship of our church, our small community here at All Souls. This is where our life resides. Without one another, without the encouragement, we are easy prey for the enemy. A cord of two or three strands is not easily broken. The day of Pentecost was glorious because the Spirit came to write Christ's law of love on our hearts. So let us keep this festival by recommitting our lives to listening to God and to sharing with each other that spirit deep within us. I'd like to read from the message, and I, I love the message, Eugene Peterson, and this is from Hebrews 10. So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we are presentable inside out, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. The spirit who is the lover of our souls, who will forever remain in our presence, compels us then to love one another. Amen.